Today is April the 19th. Why couldn't Moses enter the promised land? Let's find out together as we study Numbers 19 to 21. So today we're looking at three chapters in the middle of the book of Numbers. Chapter 19 talks about uh, purification and specifically the use of water to purify. Now in chapter 20 and, and 21, we have uh, three other things that, that happen. First of all, there are two major complaints against the Lord. The first in chapter 20, the complaint of the lack of water, and the Lord provides water from a rock. And then uh, a complaint in chapter 21 of the lack of food. The Lord sends serpents to punish Israel. They bite the Israelites and many die. And uh, the Lord tells Moses, make a bronze serpent mounted on a pole, anyone who looks at the bronze serpent will be saved, will be brought back to health, and, and that happens. Second thing that happens in chapter 20, verse 1, Miriam dies. And at the end of that chapter, chapter 20, verse 29, Aaron dies. Now this is the death of two uh, very key leaders in Israel. Uh, we're leading up to Moses' death, but Israel lives on. We don't get Moses' death until the end of the book of Deuteronomy. The third thing that happens in these chapters is Israel uh, confronts several nations. And those nations, uh, the best I could come up with, uh, the nations try to cancel Israel. In some situations, they fight against them. In other situations, they uh, refuse a very simple request. In chapter 20, verse 14, it's Edom who refuses to let Israel uh, move through their country on their way to the Promised Land. Chapter 21, verse 1, it's Arad who attacks Israel. Chapter 21, verse 10, it's Moab who also denies Israel passage through their country. And then 21, from verse 21 to the end of the chapter, the Amorites attack Israel. King Sihon um, of, of Og uh, attacks Israel and uh, he's defeated, of course. But at the center of this chapter, this, this passage, there is a strange story. When Israel complained about the lack of water, Moses and Aaron went before the Lord, and the Lord said, go and speak to the rock. Um, this apparently, goes all the way back to Exodus chapter 17, even before Mount Sinai, when Israel was on the peninsula of Sinai, 
chapter 17, verse 1, at the Lord's command, the whole community of Israel left the wilderness of sin and moved from place to place. Eventually, they camped at Rephidim. There was no water there for the people to drink. The people say, uh, uh, give us water. And uh, the offshoot of that is the Lord says, take your staff, the staff that you used to strike the Nile and turn it to blood. Strike the rock and water will come out. And so Moses does that. Water gushes out and uh, Israel drinks. And in verse 7, Moses named the place Massah, which means a test, and Meribah, which means a quarrel, because the people of Israel quarreled with Moses and tested God by saying, is the Lord here with us or not? Well, in chapter 20, starting to read in verse 1, in the first month of the year, the whole community of Israel arrived in the wilderness of Zin. That's a different name, a different word from Exodus 17, but it certainly sounds like it. There it's Sin. Here it's Zin. Well, they arrived there. They camped at Kadesh, and while they were there, Miriam died, was buried. There was no water for the people to drink. So they rebelled against Moses and Aaron. And again, they complained. Moses and Aaron go to the Lord. They fall down before the Lord, and the Lord says, Take your staff. Now he uses a different word for staff. But he says, Take the staff that's before my presence. Go in front of the whole assembly and speak to the rock. Well, as you read the story, you saw that Moses went out. Instead of speaking to the rock, he struck the rock twice, and then water gushed out. But because he didn't speak to the rock, instead struck the rock, God says, you will not be able to enter Canaan. You won't lead my people into the promised land. Doesn't that seem like an awfully stiff punishment to you? Moses struck the rock instead of speaking to it. And as a result, everything that he'd been working for is going to be denied him. We get another thing. In verse 12, the Lord says, because you didn't trust me enough to demonstrate my holiness to the people of Israel. You won't lead them into the land that I'm giving you. Then in verse 13, he says, this place was known as the waters of Meribah, which means quarrel, because there the people of Israel quarreled with the Lord. And there he demonstrated his holiness among them. Boy, I read through that passage and I didn't see anything there about holiness. Later on, Numbers chapter 27, 
verse 14, the Lord says to Moses that you will die like your brother Aaron. You both rebelled against my instructions in the wilderness of Zin. When the people of Israel rebelled, you failed to demonstrate my holiness to them at the waters. And then finally, in Deuteronomy chapter 32, looking back over all of his life and at this in particular, the Lord says, uh, chapter 32, verse 51, Moses, both you and Aaron, betrayed me with the Israelites at the waters of Meribah and Kadesh in the wilderness of Zin. You failed to demonstrate my holiness to the people of Israel there. Now, why in the world all this reference to God's holiness? In the passage that we read through in Numbers 20, I didn't see references to God's holiness. What's going on there? In 1 Corinthians in the New Testament, Paul actually comments on what is going on here. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, the first four verses. Now, I don't want you to forget, my dear brothers and sisters, about our ancestors in the wilderness long ago. All of them were guided by a cloud that moved ahead of them. We remember that, the pillar of cloud, uh, uh, the, the, the column of fire that directed them. All of them walked through the sea on dry ground. We remember that. We see Israel crossing the Red Sea on dry ground. In the cloud and in the sea, all of them were baptized as followers of Moses. So they were following Moses. Paul says it's like a baptism. They went into the cloud. They went into the sea. All of them ate the same spiritual food. There was manna, there was quail that was provided for them. Food from the heavens. They drank from the spiritual rock that traveled with them. Paul talks about a rock that gave them water. We tend to think that he was talking about the rock of Exodus 17 and the rock of Numbers 20. In fact, there were uh, some Jews who believed that that rock followed the camp of Israel around and provided them water for 40 years. Is that what Paul is saying? Not at all. Paul, as if to clarify, finishes verse 3, and he says, that rock was Christ. They all ate spiritual food, they all drank spiritual water. Water that flowed from the rock. The rock was Christ. What Paul is saying is that God himself was leading Israel. It wasn't following Moses 
or it wasn't supposed to be. It was supposed to be following God. The people of Israel got confused, exchanged God for Moses, and said, we're following Moses through the desert. In verse 5, God was not pleased with most of them, and their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. So could it be that when God was talking to Aaron and Moses, that he was actually saying, go in front of the assembly of Israel and speak to the true rock, speak to me, and I'll give them water. Is there any indication in Numbers chapter 20 that that is actually what God was saying? Go in front of the assembly of Israel and speak to the rock, the true rock. Speak to me. Well, it's hard to see in our English translation, but there are a couple of indications in Hebrew that lead us to believe that this may be what the Lord was actually saying. First of all, the word for rock in Exodus 17 is kind of a generic word for boulder. Numbers 20, he uses a very different word for rock. In fact, the rock of Numbers 20 is not a single boulder, it's the mountain they were standing on. In fact, uh, this is the first time that that word is used in Scripture. Speak to the rock, the great rock, the mountain you see here in front of me. In fact, years later, Psalm 18, verse 2, King David says, The Lord is my rock. He's my fortress. He's my savior. God is my rock in whom I find protection. He repeats that later in Psalm 31. And in fact, in most of the Psalms, when the word rock is used, it refers to God. It's this word referring to God. Jehovah, Yahweh, is my rock. Secondly, even in Moses' time, there's an attempt to make sure Israel understands that God is their rock. In Deuteronomy chapter 32, we have a final song of Moses, a song to Israel before he leaves them. Deuteronomy 32, verse 4. How glorious is our God. He is the rock. Verse 15. They abandoned the God who had made them. They made light of the rock of their salvation. Verse 18. Israel, you neglected the rock who had fathered you. Verse 30. How could one person chase a thousand of their enemies? Two people put 10,000 to flight unless their rock 
had sold them unless the Lord had given them up. The Lord is the rock. Verse 31, the rock of our enemies is not like our rock. And they even recognize that. And then finally, verse 37, he'll ask where their gods the rocks that they fled to for refuge. There is a focus in Deuteronomy 32 on God as the rock of Israel. And at the end of that, in Moses' death, we have in verse 51 a reminder of the Lord that Moses, when I put you to the test, you did not demonstrate my holiness. So if we go back to Numbers chapter 20 and read again what happened with this newfound concept. 20 verse 6, Moses and Aaron turned away from the people. They went to the entrance of the tabernacle where they fell face down on the ground. Then the glorious presence of the Lord appeared to them. The Lord said to Moses, you and Aaron, take the staff and assemble the entire assembly. As the people watch, speak to the rock and it will pour out water. You'll provide enough water from the rock to satisfy the whole community and their livestock. Moses did as he was told. He took the staff from the place where it was kept before the Lord, he and Aaron summoned the people to come and gather at the rock. Listen, you rebels, he shouted, must we bring out water from this rock? And then instead of speaking to it, he struck it. What was the big deal? Well, apparently God was saying, Moses, Go out, stand on the rock, and speak to the true rock. Speak to me. I'll give them water. They must know that it is I who lead them. What did Moses do? He went out and said, Do we have to give you water from this rock? And he took the staff, and he reverted to old patterns. He struck the rock once, and nothing happened. Looked around struck it again, and the Lord answered. The Lord did want to provide for his people. But when he was done, he said, Moses, I gave you a chance to show my holiness to the people. I gave you a chance to show the glory of my presence. And what did you do with it? You took it and consolidated your own leadership. You said you would bring water from the rock for them. You've disqualified yourself from leading Israel. The person who leads Israel into the promised land must let them know that I am the one who's leading them. Of course, Joshua was the person to do that. One of the first things that happened to Joshua the night before he crossed the Jordan River and attacked the nations of the Promised Land, a man appeared to him 
He said to the man, are you friend or foe? And the man said, I'm neither. I am the Lord of the armies of Jehovah. Joshua took off his sandals and worshiped God there. He knew it was God who was leading, not him. Moses got that confused. And because of that, Moses did not enter the promised land. So what about you? <laughs> Are you, by chance, taking credit for what God is doing in your life? Make sure the people around you know that it's God. It's not you. Like, follow, and subscribe to this devotional on whatever platform you use to listen to it. Email your questions to us at questions at becomehope.com. Tomorrow, we'll look at Proverbs to find some of its quirky insights. <laughs>